Hi, it's Laura Huey here from the Canadian Society of Evidence-Based Policing, and you're joining me for the EBP Academy. Welcome. This series, as you know, is on Canadian criminologists and uh, their contributions to important research in various facets of policing. Today, we're going to focus on the work of Margaret Beer. Margaret is, was a colleague of mine from York University. She was part of the Nathanson School. And her, sort of the overarching interest that flows through her work is this idea of policing and, the, and, and politics. So the relationship between political actors and policing and where we create, try to create boundaries between the two to avoid the politicization of policing. Just a little bit of a history. Margaret's background um, was a bit unique relative to a lot of criminologists today. She sort of got her start at um, what was then in the 1990s, the Solicitor General's office. So she was involved in, in research at Solgen, as they called it. And of course, as some of you who are a little bit older like me might remember, uh, the federal government gutted a lot of its internal research capacity in crim crime and crime prevention. Margaret ended up uh, at York University and one of the first big pieces of work, at least as far as I'm concerned, is the work that she did in relation to the Ipper Wash Inquiry. For those of you that don't remember, the Ipper Wash Inquiry was a uh, provincial inquiry that, to look into OPP activities uh, in relation to, at that time, we, they were, we used the term Aboriginal, but today, of course, we'd say Indigenous, indigenous protests around land claims that were taking place in Ipperwash Provincial Park. And during this sort of standoff that was taking place, Mr. Dudley George was shot and killed. And over the course of several years, his brother consistently fought for uh, a public inquiry to look into what had happened. And Margaret, was heavily involved in studying the Ipperwash inquiry and along with her colleague Tonita Murray uh, published a collection of, of papers that looked at not just the inquiry but the more fundamental question about how, when, where, why around the politics of policing. What Margaret suggests is, is an argument that is not dissimilar from what we've heard in relation to Jean-Paul Brodeur and his work which is that policing gets politicized. It's often used as a tool or a weapon by political actors uh, to deal with different, uh, to different events that are constructed as crises. I previously, in relation to talking about Jean-Paul Brodeur, talked about what's going on in Portland currently. Well, we see this over and over again, and I mentioned here the Canadian example being APAC. So what goes on is, um, as, as we know, there's this, this sort of belief that police should be independent from politics or at least from political, from use by political actors. So the federal government shouldn't be able to use the, pol the public police as a weapon against a part of their, uh, our citizenry. In theory, 
that's how it's supposed to go. But in reality, we know full well that that doesn't happen. And that's basically what Margaret traces through looking at what happened in relation to Ipperwash. Um, basically, and I'm, I'm going to quote directly from Margaret's own work, that despite an apparently clear-cut division in both law and rhetoric between policy and operational control of the police by the state, in practice, the reality is quite different. The relationship between the state and the police is a dynamic relationship that changes to reflect the nature of policing being carried out, the political interests of the party in power, and to some extent, the personalities of the key police and political players at a specific period in time. Quite frankly, we've seen this not just at the federal level, but also in municipal politics as well. Um, there's supposed to be a division, for example, if you look at police service boards, there's supposed to be a division between sort of agenda setting, which is something that the PSBs can do, and budget issues and so on. Um, setting the tone, the overall sort of strategic direction, if you will, uh, by hiring a, the police chief and the exec and the and the rest of the police executive. However, there's supposed to be a clear cut line between that and operational control of the police service, which is the domain of the chief and the police executive. In reality depending on the relationships between the police services board and the police executive, you can see a lot of bleed take place. And I've certainly, just from my own experience, seen this in the municipal level, in some situations where you know the, the mayor is a big supporter of the police chief, they have a, a great relationship, and so um, in, some time, in some situations you see that, that bleed so that Policing can become a little bit more political than perhaps it ought to be if the police chief was fully independent and that relationship didn't exist. Margaret, in case you can't tell, was a critical criminologist and she was always interested, as I say, in tracing out how policing gets politicized. Now, she was a critical criminologist, but she was not anti-policing. She was skeptical of a lot of misuses and abuses of policing and police power, but was not anti-police. From this work that she does in the Ipperwash inquiry, she moves into um, the area of organized crime. And so she looks at, again, what Brodeur calls high policing. So, um, so policing in relation to national security, but then of course organized crime becomes is, a, is another potential form of high policing because it gets sort of turned into a national security issue. And so Margaret did a lot of really interesting work where she was actually able to get tapes, uh, surveillance tapes, and to um, look at police practices that are not typically uh, there of course you know it's it's amazing that i can ever get through a podcast without the dogs chiming in and quite frankly since i will not be able to get through this podcast without them chiming in if i retape it i'm just gonna leave this in there that is our friend lucy who's probably telling me I should shut up. So, I was talking about organized crime. One of the things I love about Margaret's work is because of her years of experience, not just with Soul Jam, but in other 
policing sphere related spheres she was able to get access to a lot of information a lot of data that typically it's really difficult for criminologists to get access to um, to understand how uh, police services go about dealing with organized crime national security issues and so on her work for that reason alone is really worth uh, diving into because quite frankly uh, as I say I mean it was it was very novel in that respect and now I'm babbling so I'm gonna end it right there so if you're interested in the politics of policing you're interested in organized crime Margaret Beer and on that note I'll catch you on the flip side